So I had mentioned initially that I wanted to start off this league to have some sort of interaction with whatever the latest Madden was. And maybe it had something to do with adding or resetting the fab budget or maybe a tiebreaker when it comes to two people putting the same amount of fab on a player that they wanted to pick up. Something. Something that made an impact. Maybe one or two points. Something that, in that case, was very insignificant, but it still added value to the league. I wanted to try to do something along those lines. So what I'm going to be doing uh, as often as I can this year is taking a look at one of the better matchups in the league. This week, I'm looking at the matchup between championship-bound Sean going up against Big J49er Mark. Uh, the projection was Sean would beat Mark uh, by about 10 points, where Sean did meet projections. He actually beat them by two points. However, Big J went ahead and stomped out his projections by over 20 points with the lead of 143 versus 133. Now, I wanted to see if that would translate onto the Madden gridiron and how I did that was I looked at, I started with the defense. On Sean's team, he had the Kansas City defense. So I went to the Kansas City Chiefs. And what I did was, I replaced the offensive weapons with the weapons he had on his fantasy team. So imagine in a Kansas City Chief uniform, Matt Ryan, Aaron Cooper, Aaron Cooper, I'm I'm thinking of uh, Aaron Jones, who I'm looking at as his running back, but I meant Amari Cooper, uh, DJ Chark, Alvin Kamara, Aaron Jones, that's the right Aaron, Hunter Henry, Chris Carson, Matt Prater, and then also including his bench players, A.J. Green, James White, Anthony Miller, Jimmy Garoppolo, Chris Thompson, and because he had the Seattle defense on his bench, what I ended up doing was taking the best player from the Seattle defense and changing it into uh, the, uh, onto his defensive, actual defense, Kansas City de- Chief defense. So what you have essentially have is a hodgepodge of the Kansas City defense and offensive line, and then you have those players subbing in And it's pretty interesting, especially because I have the settings for the change in, change out of running backs and wide receivers pretty high. So as often as you see Alvin Kamara, you every once in a while will see Chris Thompson. As a team, the Kansas City Chiefs had 213 yards of total offense on the Madden simulation, uh, outpacing the Eagles by nearly 100. Uh, There were six short of 100 total yards of offense. Uh, 71 rushing yards for the Kansas City versus 42 for the Eagles. 142 passing yards is where they did their damage, considering that was nearly double the 77 yards that the Eagles produced. And at the end of the game, the final score was 16-7 in favor of the Chiefs, where Mark, because he had the Eagles' defense, I replaced his starting quarterback with Deshaun Watson. His wide receivers were Devontae Adams, 
Terry McLaurin. He did have Will Fuller on his bench, as well as Christian Kirk from his bench, and they were all put in as his starting wide receivers. Uh, he also had Josh Jacobs, Jonathan Taylor, and Marlon Max. We locked up to the Indianapolis backfield. Probably the smart move, uh, considering what happened. Um, but in Madden, that translated to 42 rushing yards with uh, those three on the field. Uh, he also had Kareem Hunt on his bench, so I threw him in as a reserve. His tight end was Hayden Hurst. His kicker was Justin Tucker. And it was pretty interesting to see, these play, especially since because he had the Philadelphia defense and he was on the Philadelphia team, I didn't have to move Dallas Goddard, who was his backup tight end. Um, he did have a backup kicker in Brandon McManus. So I threw Brandon McManus as the third quarterback on the team uh, because Jared Goff was on his bench and that was going to be the backup. So again, just interesting. And it, if it did have a more significant impact, I can imagine people making decisions thinking, okay, I might lose by five this week, but because I'll be able to have a better Madden team or the Madden simulation has a higher chance of going my way, or if I know I'm going to lose or I have a high probability, because we never, we never assume we're going to lose, right? We never cheer for injury, and we never assume we're going to lose. That's the diehard attitude of a competitor. So, But if someone says I have a high probability of losing, which is in a mathematical understanding, then you can go, eh, if I start this person, this person, and this person, Maybe I'll get a few of my fab dollars back uh, and earn something from this loss. So in this game, the Madden simulation, don't want to spend too much time on it, but uh, Matt Ryan ended up completing 68.7% of his passes. Uh, Deshaun Watson barely going over 50 with 523 Matt Ryan was 11 for 16 for 151 yards and a touchdown. And while Deshaun Watson did not pass for a touchdown, he did rush one in from the one-yard line. Alvin Kamara led the attempts on the Kansas City side with 10 for 38 total yards and did not score a touchdown but he did break one tackle, and I'm going to adjust the settings as the season goes on and report on, it. like I said, hopefully at least one game every week. We'll see how that goes. Uh, but I guess for me, it's more fun to watch and enjoy fantasy football, Madden football, while I'm watching the Tennessee Titan game on my phone. And I imagine other people who are fans of the game also like to enjoy as many outlets as possible uh, while focusing on their favorite. But that is the Madden recap of the game of the week from the next-gen footballers. Ladies and gentlemen and Stephen Guskowski owners, hear ye, hear ye, the first round of jousts have commenced and concluded. The army of Mary's Marauders were annexed by the lad, to wit, lad's worst wide receiver would have been better than three of Mary's players. 
Never mind that it was her first draft pick, the top Tampa Bay tight end selected, and the Lion Fortunato. Uh, Devin Singletary kept true to his name with a one digit to his score. In fact, six players failed to get to 10 for Mary's team. Sony Michelle was the only non-quarterback to say that he has a non-zero number in the tens place. Even the vaulted San Francisco defense allowed over 400 yards and 21 points, causing the California football team to get 11% of its projection. Only one started defense scored less. Oh, speaking of Minnesota, they allowed over 40 they allowed 43 points and over 500 yards to Aaron Rodgers' fury and actually cost Annex Lad 17 and a half points. It's like Kyler Murray's kneel downs. He actually had over 100 until the very end. But those 92 was enough to conquer. Now they both started the best QB option on their team, but they both kept their best defense on the bench. If you want to credit the Jets as a better defense to compare to San Francisco for a week anyway. Tampa almost allowed five touchdowns worth of actual NFL points, but eight positive points are vastly greater than the 17 negative points that he got from Minnesota. If he had started the TBD, he would still have at least enough points. Well, he still would have had the least amount of points of all the winning teams, but he would have climbed the ladder by four people and literally be half a point away from the McCaffeinated Teddies. Still, he put Mostert on his sandwich and got 24.8 points from his flex spot. And with his other halfbacks getting 36 combined, those three earned two-thirds of his points, and Dak got the other 26%. Now, our rookie coming out the gate hot, take a gander. Top Rocks of the Mountain was 160, starting let, hashtag let Russ cook on his best performance of his career so far to the tune of 414 fantasy points and the next best player was the buffalo defense turns out that the jets are missing their engines while 50 yards may not fizzle early pun intended dalvin was able to cook with multiple two-point conversions and two touchdowns 22 points the d qb and rb alone would have beaten four people while that sinks in, one of those players was Johnny. But I did want to point out that, and I want to make sure I'm reading this correctly, but in one of the most absurd stats ever, this is from Tim Booth on Twitter, Matt Ryan is the eighth quarterback to throw for more than 400 yards in a regular season versus the Seahawks well, under Pete Carroll. Seattle is 8-0 in those games. <laughs> but back to fantasy. So, so yes, the, the DB, QB, and RB alone would have beaten four people of the whole league. One of those players was Johnny, his actual opponent. We all expected more from the Carson Wentz and Zach Ertz stack. 
But Ertz was tight end 14 going up against Mark Andrews on the other side, who was tight end 1 on the week, with almost two and a half times more points at that position. Speaking of, it's unfortunate that the, that the other two receivers Javier started gave him 5.9 points, whereas Marquise Brown and Jameson Crowder each got over 20 on his bench. If he had started them instead, he still would have only ended up with 134.88 points. And bear in mind that the rookie, and this was the call signal, K-W-Y-J-I-Jimbo, J-I-B-O, so we'll call him Jimbo. Uh, So this is bearing in mind that Jimbo left 20.64 points on his bench by starting Mike Evans instead of Darius Slayton. I would have done the same, TBH. On the next matchup, Big J edged out Sean by 10 points in a heartbreaker. Sean's point total was enough to be third overall. Un-Leonard fortunate, he went up against the second place player. Ouch. He, he started the better quarterback. Uh, when Matty Ice threw over 450 yards. But if you recall me saying earlier that Aaron Rodgers was upset, Devontae Adams was one of the featured men of that rage with a long bomb, two scores, and inching over the third receiving plateau bonus by one yard, nabbing all the bonuses in that respect, all going Big J's way. We all had an idea that the Eagles were going to soar over the football team near our nation's capital, Rocky would not have approved of this loss. But while the offense did not serve Javier, the defense net Big J over 20 points. Sean did outscore by a little at most levels, with DJ Chark over McLaurin, Aaron Jones over Jonathan Taylor, Henry over Hurst, Carson over Mack, and Prater over Tucker. Thing is, The difference between Josh Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt's advantage over Alvin Kamara and Devontae Adams over Amari Cooper, it was too much to overcome. And that's right. Both of the Kalamari cousins were vastly outperformed. And that was enough with Philly beating the former Redskins in terms of fantasy defense points. It is what it is. They were originally the Boston Braves for a year before they were the Boston Redskins back in 1932. Don't say you never learned nothing. Uh, Goddard on Big J's bench outscored both the starting tight ends in this case, BT Dubs. In a rarer case, something quite fascinating in a competitive setup like this, but the Teddies decided to bear down over Puckhead and won by at least a little in every non-defensive category. Uh, McCafe started his optimal lineup minus one point at the wide receiver position. He still would have won had he started Brian Edwards with his nine catch yards, but he would have gotten visible swag points since he did have to pay two fab dollars for him to drop Greg Olson earlier in the week. The top 10 quarterbacks on the week each scored over 30 points. And fight on Dreamweaver's Lamar Jackson was third on that list. 
two of the other top 10 quarterbacks weren't even rostered in Teddy Bridgewater and Mitch Trubisky. Uh, Championship Bound has two of the top 10 quarterbacks in the week with Matt Ryan and Jimmy Garoppolo. And even Daniel Jones, Kevin's backup, was still top 15. With all that said, even so, and even with Gary starting Savage Garden Minshew, instead of Kyler Murray, who was the fifth overall quarterback with only five points behind Lamar Jackson, uh, Julio was one of the main beneficiaries of Matt Ryan's onslaught with 157 receiving yards on his own and a 40-yard bomb. Donkey Kong Metcalf was five yards short of 100, but he scored, and that was enough to outperform each of Kevin's pass catchers. And that's from the flex. The ball, the Baltimore defense was the right play for 36 points over Cleveland in the near shutout. Kevin thankfully benched the only tight end to get negative points, and that was Chris Herdman. His fumble was worth more than his 37 yards. Now, had Kevin started the New Orleans defense, he would have pulled within two and three-quarter points, but still be insufficient at the end of the day. The last matchup was T-Bone and D-Town. They were both 20 points under projection, so D-Town won, as expected. You can pretty much thank Christian McCaffrey for that with his 27.67 points, and Calvin Ridley-Scott contributed 26.96. D-Town started his optimal lineup. That was easy considering Debo Samuel's on IR, and Darius Geis has no juice currently. Now, had T-Bone started John Brown instead of A.J. Brown, there was a nine points to gain there. Kirk Cousin was at a two-point advantage at the quarterback position, and James Robinson was a surprise emergence with eight points more than carry on my wayward Johnson. He ran the 12 personnel package, meaning that he rostered two starting tight ends, where Noah Fant was a good move. But if he had started Noah Fant in his tight end slot and Ronald Jones in his flex instead of of Kittle, those three points, in addition to all the other changes that I had mentioned earlier, would have meant a victory in this case. So with that, we broke down the first round of our league this year. Bear in mind that I will be readjusting the final week's schedule because week... it's, it used to be week 11, and I think it switched to week 13. Uh, but either way, I think we're going to maintain that week 13 is going to be rivalry week. Rival we, rivalry, I promise I haven't been drinking. Rivalry week, which I personally feel is another very important aspect. It just brings about the drama, and what I'm going to do is make sure that everybody plays each other at least once, no more than twice, But Rivalry Week will ensure that you meet someone from your past. And that is a separate stat that I track. And trust me, there's going to be lead up. There's going to be build up. And I'll be calling forth things like how many rushing yards this person has at this advantage just from this one week over the past few years. So 
bear in mind that there might be a schedule change coming up and I'll make sure to announce any of those changes going forward. Uh, what I'd like to do now, now that I've discussed week one and I talked a little bit about how I like Madden to possibly influence the game, I'd also like to go over one of my other league's draft results. You see, in this uh, in this league, I was the second overall draft spot. This is a $100 buy-in league, and I think I did pretty well. Let me know your thoughts. My first draft pick was Ezekiel Elliott. Christian McCaffrey was picked ahead of me, and I probably would have picked Christian McCaffrey. But I did not believe that Saquon Barkley was worthy of a top five pick. And it's not that he's doesn't have the talent it's that the utilization isn't the same back when the line was not protecting Eli Manning as well as they should have he simply needed that outlet uh same thing that you see with Philip Rivers and what he's doing with Naheem Hines and all the running back pass catchers that he's had in the past Uh, now in this league just to highlight the small difference here uh, this league is a three wide receiver league and I highly considered getting a top flight wide receiver early but I still personally believe in the value and depth at running back for the higher ranked and not necessarily expert ranking but higher ranked versatile running backs but I knew Ezekiel Elliott was a running back that you didn't need to rely on touchdowns or passing work. This is a PPR league, and you still want to have the best rusher. For example, having Derrick Henry the last half of the year after Mariota was turned over. Uh, you see, having a good running back, having a great running back, someone who actually runs the ball that will play itself into the proper position. And Zeke just does it all. So I picked him first. I wanted him over Saquon. I was very worried about Alvin Kamara with the contract dispute. And even so, he's got a good, competent backfield share. Not necessarily that it's a backfield by committee. But having Latavius Murray there, and also having Taysom Hill means that there's opportunities that if he had all of them, he would be a lot more highly considered, but he doesn't. Uh, My second pick was Joe Mixon, which after many of the high-end wide receivers were gone, in fact, I'll read off the wide receivers drafted in that first round just so you guys have an idea of what was left coming around to me, but Julio Jones... Uh, George Kittle was selected early. Michael Thomas, Travis Kelsey. Wow, no, man, looking back on it. Oh, and Devontae Adams was also picked ahead of me. But, I mean, Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes were both picked in the second round. Wow. Not the route I would have gone. I'm one of those late-round quarterback people. Uh, I've done the math before. I've explained it in the last season of my podcast, and I might take another crack at it. Again, here with a little bit more conclusive and concrete numbers. But even so, 
my first two picks were Ezekiel Elliott and Joe Mixon. And then I went around and got Kenyon Drake in the third round. I was just surprised that he fell to me. I really wanted to get a wide receiver, but I couldn't let that value pass up. Uh, I think when people load up early on wide receiver on tight ends and quarterbacks, if you get the opportunity to get a running back you believe in, get him. Um, the other league, I have Josh Jacobs, who I drafted in that same league the year prior. I just believe in that kid. I don't really even care if he's, oh, he's number seven on the week. It doesn't matter to me. If he does well and gets more points than my opponent, I'll root for him. But I did finally get my first wide receiver with Kenny Galladay and then DJ Moore in round five. Uh, my first mistake here was in round six with Mark Ingram uh, the second because even then I looked around and I didn't there were people that I wanted to get but it was way ahead of ADP and I should have just gone with someone else that I believed in I think I got Mark Ingram last year at around this time and I felt that was a value but this time around I felt like I was settling Uh, I did pick up Terry McLaurin and Keenan Allen in the next two rounds seven and eight And I felt those were good picks because I like them both. Keenan Allen has served me well in the past. Uh, I knew he was going to be less effective without Phillip Rivers, but it is what it is. Uh, I then picked up Devontae Parker and Stephon Diggs. Now, Diggs, I'm just a fan of Buffalo this year. It's tough to be a fan of multiple teams, but as a military brat, you move around a lot. and You start to grow attachments and loyalties to different places. Um... So even though I'm primarily a New England Patriot fan, really not even primarily, they were just my first team, so I love them the longest, uh, Buffalo I've always respected. Uh, And now I kind of see them emerging, and it's going to make interesting football. Uh, Jalen Rager was my 13th round pick. And instead of letting him go, because I knew he wasn't going to play this first week, I don't know how long he's really going to recover to become 100%, and then he still has to grow into the role. I just felt that at one point, he would become the Philadelphia wide receiver to have. And I felt that my other picks would carry me far enough into the season until that happened. Uh, My last three picks were the Seattle defense, Jonu Smith, and Matt Gay. Uh, Really, in this league, Seattle is not as valuable as in the league that I run. But Jonu Smith is someone that, again, I believe in him. I've been to a, a Titans game and just found myself pulling for the guy. But yeah, um, my running backs were Ezekiel Elliott, Joe Mixon, Kenyon Drake, Mark Ingram, uh, Cam Akers in the 11th round after Stephon Diggs. And I'm happy with that. Again, Cam Akers and Jalen Rager are in the same position. They will eventually be the right guys. And for now, I should be able to carry that with a name like Zeke. Uh, My wide receivers were Kenny Galladay, DJ Moore, Terry McLaurin, Keenan Allen, Devontae Parker, Stephon Diggs, and Jalen Rager. So this is a three wide receiver league. So obviously it means more to have depth at that position. And I think I even have some trade fodder if uh, if I'm looking to move maybe Devontae Parker, Keenan Allen, um, 
or if someone else is interested in Jalen Rager, if I can move them for a higher piece, I might go ahead and do that. But that is my insight to my other league. I do have one other other league that maybe I'll get into next time. Maybe I'll get into next week. But that way there's a little bit of context as to me just not lording over the next-gen footballers. Although that is my baby, my pride and joy going on its eighth year, being awesome. I still play the game alongside everybody. So we'll see how that goes. We've got the matchups coming up, and I'll make my projections, and I'll look over my projections from last week and what my number is at. But for right now, everybody enjoy your evening. Thank goodness for football. It is back, and we've got another game Thursday. Pigskin on.